Welcome to More Than Medicine, where Jesus is more than enough for the ills that plague our culture and our country. Hosted by author and physician, Dr. Robert Jackson. Papa, can you tell me a story? Do you really want me to tell you a story? (laughs) Well, you go get your brother and your sisters and I will tell you a story. Welcome to More Than Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Robert Jackson, bringing to you biblical insights and stories from the country doctor's rusty, dusty scrapbook. When I was in college, I had a friend who seemed to never, ever study. He spent a lot of time playing basketball and listening to music. He also spent a lot of time watching television. And occasionally I would stop by his room and I would ask him, And I would say, aren't you ever going to study? And he would roll over and look at me and he would say, I don't do anything today that I can do tomorrow. And I would scratch my head and I would wonder about that. And I realized that he had perfected the magical art of postponing duties and responsibilities. Well, you can imagine my surprise when one day he looked at me and I asked him the same question aren't you ever going to study? And he said, well, you know, I'll, I just, I'll just have to get around to it. I was in a variety store later that week, and I looked on the shelf, and, and there was a little clear plastic bag that had these round wooden discs in it, and printed on the round wooden disc was to it, T-U-I-T. And it had a little advertisement that says, don't ever lack around to it so that you can get your responsibilities done. A little light flashed in my pea brain, and I bought the the whole bag of them, put a couple of them in my pocket, and the next day when I went by to see my friend, I asked him, I said, aren't you ever going to study? He rolled over and looked at me, and he said, I reckon I'll have to get around to it. And I immediately popped one of those little wooden discs out of my pocket, and I handed it to him, and I said, here, Here's your round to it. He looked at it and he puzzled over it. Well, the light never came on in his little pea brain. And he just put it in his pocket, rolled back over and went back to sleep. Well, you see, he had a chronic deficiency of round to it. (laughs) He never got around to it. And unfortunately for him, he flunked out of school in one semester. He never lasted in college but one semester. Because, you see, he had perfected that magical art of postponing his duties and responsibilities. Now, when I raised my children, my wife and I taught them to obey their parents. We taught them to obey instantly, completely, and sweetly. Now, why would we do that? Well, you understand that our Heavenly Father expects us to obey His commands in the same way, instantly, completely, and sweetly. Unfortunately, I think that many of us look at God's commands with a nonchalant, take-it-or-leave-it attitude. And that's very unfortunate. You see, we tend to procrastinate when it comes to God's commands. We put them off, kind of like my friend in college. Procrastination presumes upon God. 
How so, you might ask? Procrastination presumes that God will extend to us the grace of a second chance. Can I say that again? Procrastination presumes that God will extend to us the grace of a second chance. If we do not obey God instantly, well, you know how God is. He's a good God. He's full of grace and truth. He will allow me to obey later at a time and a place of my own choosing. Oh, my goodness. That is a huge presumption. Let me ask you two questions. Is that presumption biblically founded? And what are the consequences of such thinking? First of all, is it biblical? Well, let's consider Jonah. I mean, you think that God's going to do a Jonah on you? You know, Jonah procrastinated. God said to him, go to Nineveh and tell them to repent. Well, not only did Jonah procrastinate, he he was a rebellious prophet. He outright disobeyed. He got on a ship and he went in the opposite direction. But you see, there were obvious consequences in Jonah's life. Consequences for disobedience, for procrastinating in obeying God. It cost him a fair amount of time. It cost him humiliation in the eyes of pagan sailors. It cost him his integrity. But I have to admit, God gave Jonah a second chance. But my question to you is, can you and I presume upon God that he will do a Jonah on us, that he will give us the grace of a second chance? Well, let's ponder another example. Consider the children of Israel at the Jordan River. After they had marched out of Egypt, they had marched through the wilderness, and then God says to them, cross the Jordan, go into the Canaan, and possess the land. Well, if you remember, 12 spies had searched out the land. Two of them gave a good report and said, by all means, go into the land and possess it. God will go before you. He will give you the land. But there were 10 spies who gave a bad report. And they said there were giants in the land. And there were cities with tall walls around them. And they said we were like grasshoppers in our own sight compared to the giants in the land. And the people began to wail. They began to cry. And they said to Moses, were there not enough graves in Egypt that you would bring us out into this place for us to die here? And they forgot all the things that God had done. They forgot the miracles, the ten plagues that decimated Egypt. They forgot the parting of the Red Sea, whereby they walked across on dry land. And then God brought the waters of the Red Sea down on Pharaoh and his army and drowned every one of them, the horse and its rider. They forgot the manna, whereby God fed them every day in the wilderness. 
They forgot the water that came from the rock that provided water for the entire multitude of them. You see, they forgot. And it cost them 40 years more of wandering in the wilderness. And that entire adult generation died in the wilderness. Now, after God told them what was going to happen, that they were going to go back to the wilderness until the entire generation died, well, they showed up the next morning armed for battle. And they said, hey, we're ready to go. We're going to go across the Jordan and into Canaan. And Moses warned them and said, ah, nope, I'm not going with you. God's not going to go with you. But they showed up ready to obey one day late. They had already procrastinated, but God did not extend to them the grace of a second chance. They went into battle and they were defeated by their enemies. They were humiliated. They were embarrassed. And many of them died that day. And in fact, they did spend 40 years in the wilderness. And in fact, that entire generation did die in the wilderness. So what were the consequences to them of their procrastination, of their disobedience? Well, it was wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. It was the loss of God's presence and God's protection. Well, let's think and answer another question. What are the consequences in your life and my life of procrastination? Well, let's consider Pharaoh. Moses went to Pharaoh and he said, let my people go. And the Bible tells us that Pharaoh hardened his heart. He postponed obeying God. And from that time forward, God is the one who hardened Pharaoh's heart. It was too late for the prince of Egypt. From then on, his heart was hardened. And from then on, there was no opportunity for him to obey God. There was no opportunity for him to change his heart. He had passed over that invisible line between God's mercy and God's grace. And you see, sometimes you and I, we put off obeying God. And the same thing happens to us that happened to Pharaoh. Our heart becomes hardened. And we can't hear the subtle prompting of Holy Spirit. We cannot discern God's voice in the Holy Scriptures, and we lose God's divine protection. So how does this play out in our daily lives? Well, people ask me all the time, Dr. Jackson, how do I discern God's will for my life? And I answer them by saying, 90% of God's will for your life and my life is spelled out plainly in God's Word. If you get busy obeying His Word, then the other 10% will easily come to you. But here's the question. Do we obey the 90% that's clearly spelled out in God's Word? Well, let's just think about it a few minutes. Do we read the Word? The Scriptures plainly say to you and me that we should not neglect the reading of God's Word. And yet, Barna, that Christian organization that 
takes reviews of, of the church and Christian communities surveying their habits and their patterns, says that less than 80% of Protestants read or study their Bible every day. So really, it's less than 20% is, is act, the actual uh, uh, statistic. What about memorizing Scripture? The psalmist tells us, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. When I talk to adult Christians, many of them admit that they haven't memorized a verse of Scripture since they were in Sunday school as children. And yet the Scriptures plainly admonish you and me that we should be memorizing the word and hiding it in our hearts. What about giving? The Bible says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men pour into your lap. Are you a giver? Are you a glad and glad-hearted giver? What about evangelism? The Bible makes it plain that all of us should be sharing the good news of the gospel. Go into all the world and make disciples of all the nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to do what? <laughs> to obey all of my commandments. Now listen, where do we get off thinking that we should teach people in other parts of the world to obey all of God's commandments if you and I aren't obeying all of His commandments? If we are procrastinating and putting off obeying all of His commandments? The last time I was in the Christian bookstore, I was just perusing some of the books that are there, and I noticed that there was a shelf full of promise books, books that contain the promises of God's Word. But you know what I didn't see was a book of the commandments that are in God's words. But you know, the promises are often contingent upon you and I obeying His commandments. So here's a challenge. I would like to challenge you to go through your Bible and write down all the commandments that are in God's Word and then pray over them and say, Lord, how am I doing at obeying the commands that are in your Word? You see, I look at myself, at my own life, and I say to the Lord, Lord, show me if there's anything in your Word that I'm not fully and completely obeying. Now, there's a real serious challenge, isn't it? Well, some years ago, back probably in the early 80s, I was making rounds at the hospital. And I was in a big hurry because I had to get from the hospital to my office to start my day seeing patients at the office. And I was seeing a, a patient who'd had a, a heart attack. He had an inferior myocardial infarction. I still remember it plainly. Now, this was back in the days before everybody who had a heart attack saw the cardiologist because back then everybody did not get a heart cath. Everybody did not get a stress test. It was just the way things were done back in the early 80s. And so this gentleman had an inferior MI. His chest pain was through. He was doing well. His enzymes had gone back to normal. And I was going to discharge him to home and follow him up in my office in a week. And so he was comfortable with the whole notion of being discharged home. I gave him instructions to stay out of work for a week, come to see my office. And, and as I was writing his discharge orders, the Spirit of the Lord plainly says to me, you need to share the gospel with this man. Oh, I was conflicted because I was in a hurry. I needed to get to the office and start seeing my patients. I looked at my watch. I looked at him. I looked at his chart, and I made a decision. And I said to myself, 
I'll share the gospel with him next week when he comes to my office. I'll have a little more time then. So I wrote his discharge orders, patted him on the back, said, I'll see you in the office in a week. Get to my office, and my first two patients were canceled. So I sat in my office for 30 minutes with nothing to do except sign a few few papers. The Lord had provided the time for me to talk to that man about his eternal security, and I didn't know it in advance. The next week, he arrived in my office, and I saw his name on the list of patients to be seen, and I said to myself, Lord, I know I need to share the gospel with this man today. I go in one exam room, and as I opened the door, I heard a loud thud in the room where this man was waiting to be seen. So I opened the door and looked, and he had fallen to the floor. He'd had a follow-up heart attack, and that man died right there on the floor in my office. We did CPR for 20 minutes to no avail. He was gone. And all I could think of the whole time was that the Spirit of God had said to me a week before, you need to share the gospel with this man. I was devastated. I was devastated that I had procrastinated. God had spoken to me plainly, given me the opportunity, and I had put it off. Now, brothers and sisters, I have never forgotten that. And I'm satisfied that the Spirit of God speaks to you just like He speaks to me. And that there are things that are in God's Word that are just as plain as the nose on your face and on my face. That Jesus says, if you love me, you will obey me. Make a list of the plain commands that are in God's Word. Read the list, study that list, and do not procrastinate. Do not put them off. I have a whole bag of round wooden tuits. And if you need something like that to help you get around to it, just call me and I'll mail you one. Do not postpone obeying the Word of God. Thank you for listening to this edition of More Than Medicine. For more information about the Jackson Family Ministry, Dr. Jackson's books, or to schedule a speaking engagement, go to their Facebook page, Instagram, or their webpage at jacksonfamilyministry.com. This podcast is produced by Bob Sloan Audio Production at bobsloan.com.